say here on Radio Free Brooklyn. But before I start the show, I'd like to get my housekeeping out of the way. You know how we do. And I'd like to say Radio Free Brooklyn is totally funded by our listeners. So that means all donations that we get from you are greatly appreciated and needed. You will be supporting great shows like this one, 50 Years Ago This Week, Blue Yorker, Bands Do BK. There's something for everyone. So make your donation today. We really, really appreciate it. And if you don't want to just give money, you can go to our store. We have cool stuff in there. We've got t-shirts. We've got mugs. We've got caps. We even have a tote bag. And who can't use a tote bag? in today's world, right? Go to RadioFreeBrooklyn.com, click on the donate button, or if you do listen to this radio station on a regular, click on your favorite show, donate to the show, or go to our store, buy our merchandise, however you do it, we greatly appreciate you. So now, I like to start the show. I trust that everyone's staying cool, I trust that everyone's trying to stay cool with this heat. We are really having a summer this year, right? 
on top of everything, a pandemic, we are really having a summer. So that's a good thing. We needed to have a summer, right? Although we really can't enjoy the summer as we would like to, it's still good to know that we're having one, right? It's still good to know that, okay, some things have changed, but some things have remained the same. So with that, I'd like to talk about, last week we talked about stress, fear, anxiety, and worry, right? And for anyone listening for the first time, you can access my show page by going to RadioFreeBrooklyn.com, look up What Would Kay Say in Current Shows, and there you will find a small bio about me and all my archive shows. So now, we know what causes stress and anxiety. But did you also know that not knowing how to say no can cause stress and anxiety. Those are the two emotions that we're trying to avoid, right? Like the plague. But say actually not being able to say no can cause you stress and stress and anxiety. So today I would like to discuss the art of saying no. So now let's think about this. How many, right? With everything opening up, how many of you have received requests to do things that at this very moment you really don't want to do, right? You don't want to say, no, I'm not ready to partake of that yet. No, I don't want to dine outdoors in a parking lane of the street. No, I don't want to buy a meal and have a drink on the sidewalk in front of the takeout restaurant. No, I don't want to fly to Florida, although the tickets are cheap. Did you guys know that they have flights leaving from JFK to Orlando for $186 round trip? No lie. They seriously do. But no, I don't want to partake in that. No, no, no. And you want to know something? It's okay to say no. It's okay to not want to do something. So I'm going to give you some key strategies of how to say no, but say it gracefully, but do it gracefully. Let's put it that way. Cause you can always say it in a nice tone, but you can, I'm going to show you how you can say it and still get your point across. And the person that you're talking to will understand without being offended. First thing you must remember is when you are presented with a request to either help someone or to do them a favor and you really don't have the time or it could be that you just don't feel like doing it, saying no to a request is actually saying yes to yourself. Think about it. I'm always talking about the two sides to the coin, right? So when you say no, it allows you the freedom to be able to do what you need to do in your own life. It gives you more time to either relax, spend time with your family, or just complete that to-do list that you've been putting off forever, right? Matthew 5, 37. Let what you say be simply yes or no. Anything more than this comes from evil. 
Meaning that you don't have to keep going to find reasons why. You can say no and just let it be no. Secondly, you can respond with a kind word of gratitude. You let the person know that you appreciate the offer that they've extended to you, but that you must decline. Whatever you do, be honest when you're saying no. Be honest when you're going to them and saying, no, I really don't want to do that. Because when you come from a place of honesty, which is genuine, it's easy to decline an invitation when you really don't want to do it. Because it's not like you're trying to lie. You know, like it's not like you're saying, oh, well, I'm going to say no, but it's it's really yes or it's for other reasons. When you say no and it's coming from a genuine place, it shows. Proverbs 15 and 1 says, a soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. Step number three, when you're dealing with pushy people. Now we all have pushy, we all know pushy people. We know that when you say no, they're still going to try to do certain things to coax you into saying yes, right? We all have that girlfriend that wants to go out shopping all the time or that guy friend that wants to go play basketball in the park. And with all this going on right now with COVID, nobody's trying to really get back into that right now because we really don't know how this stuff is really spread and we shouldn't be, we need to social distance and all that other stuff comes into play, right? So what you can say is you reply with, I don't think that that's a good fit for my life right now at this moment. Or you can just say, you know what? I'm really feeling overwhelmed with this whole social distancing, having to wear a mask that I already have enough on my plate at the moment to deal with. State that you're trying to keep the focus on a project that you've started for yourself and you're not accepting anything that's going to distract you for your goals, right? From your goals. But on the flip side, you really shouldn't have to give a reason for why you're saying no, right? You just, you don't want to, but there are some, because they're pushy, you want to give them a reason. And if you must, all those that we just stated before will do, you know, that at this moment, I'm just, it's just too much. It, it doesn't fit into my life right now. Colossians three twenty three, whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men. So when you think about it, if you're going to be putting all this energy into trying to make up an excuse of why you can't do something, just tell them like it is, but know that when you're doing what you're doing, you're doing it for God because you're giving yourself extra space to either meditate on his word or do something to fulfill your purpose. How about that? Fulfilling your purpose. That's why you can't go and do something with these other people. Here's another one. Suggest someone else might be better suited for the task, right? It might be something that you can't do. Someone may ask you to do something that you're not capable of doing. And there is another person that just might be more capable of it. So you can always suggest them, suggest that they do whatever it is that this person wants them to do. 
And for that, we have Deuteronomy 16, 17. Every man shall give as he is able, according to the blessing of the Lord your God that he has given you. So if you're not capable of handling the task, or if you're not capable of indulging this person with whatever they want, let somebody else do it who is, right? Number five, don't feel guilty. When you start feeling guilty, then you know what? Then just feel guilty. It's okay to feel guilty when you're unable to help somebody else or when you really don't want to do what it is they want you to do. There's nothing wrong with you not wanting to do it. So there's really no guilt behind it. The guilt that you feel is because you're so accustomed to pleasing people all the time. So when you say you can't do something, it makes you feel as though, oh, now they're not going to like me or, oh, now I'm not going to be accepted or, oh, now they're going to look at me in a certain way. You got to get over that. You're making a conscious decision to put yourself first. So there should be no guilt behind that, right? Remember, you can't please everyone. You will always have those that feel that you should be available to them 24-7 regardless. But we all know that's impossible, right? Because we don't even show up for ourselves 24-7. So when you can't please everyone, make sure you please yourself. Now, I'm not saying that you should be selfish, right? And disregard everybody else's feelings. That's not what I'm saying. But what you don't want to do is be available for people all the time. You have to think about your agenda because they're definitely thinking about their agenda when they come to you with all these propositions. Romans 8, 28. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. So it's okay that you can't please everybody because those all, all things are going to work together for your good, right? Because what you're doing is helping you move further and closer to your purpose because now you're spending time with yourself. Another thing that saying no helps you to do, saying no helps you to build your self-esteem, right? Think about it. If you don't value your time, or your feelings, how do you expect others to value your time and, and your feelings? People are going to treat you how you teach them to treat you. So when you stand firm, when you say no, and you're telling others, no, I'm not budging, they will respect your boundaries, right? It can also help you avoid feeling resentment that you might encounter because you feel that someone is taking advantage of you. Have you ever said yes to somebody and done it and did it the whole thing to its entirety? But then afterwards, when the day was done, you were angry. You were angry with yourself because you took that time to help that individual and you knew of so many things that you could have done for yourself. Don't do it. Don't do it. First Timothy 4.12 let no one despise you for your youth, but set the believers and but set the believers an example in speech, conduct, love, faith, and purity. In other words, when Paul said this to Timothy, Timothy, he was telling him, 
Don't let the people tell you that you're too young, that you don't understand what it is that you want to do for yourself. But when you carry yourself in the proper conduct and in the proper way of showing them and teaching them what they should know, they have to respect you. Same thing here. When you stand up for yourself, and this has nothing to do with being a youth, but I just saw that it was to me that scripture was timely here. When you stand up for yourself and you're presenting yourself in the proper manner, how could they say that they can't, they, they don't respect what you're saying or what you're doing? That's nonsense. Saying no sets boundaries, right? It allows others to understand that they can't just take advantage or take you for granted or manipulate you into doing what they want you to do. Remember, when they do that, it's always about them, not you. Saying no is not the end of the world. Life for you and that other person will continue, even perhaps for the better. We'll take John 16, for that. I have said these things to you that in me, you may have peace. In the world, you will have tribulation, but take heart. I have overcome the world. Meaning that, you know what? People are going to give you problems. People are going to think that, oh my gosh, because you told me no, oh my gosh, everything's falling apart. Jesus just said, they'll get over it. This was in a, in a nutshell, in that scripture, he just said, they'll get over it and life goes on. Celebrate your accomplishments so that you're able to stick with the decision that you're saying no. Your accomplishment is saying yes to yourself, right? Learn what you can in that moment when you say no. How did that make you feel? Own it. Focus on making yourself happier. And for that, we have Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for welfare and not for evil to give you a future and a hope. Meaning that when you stick to your no and the reason why you want to say no, celebrate it because there are bigger things ahead for you. There's bigger things ahead. Don't keep dwelling on the fact of, oh, how they're going to, you know, receive me. There's bigger things ahead for you. Sometimes it's not always easy to say no, but when you keep your mind on the other side of the no, which is the yes to yourself, it becomes a lot easier. Okay, so now I hope what I gave you today is some takeaways that you can um, actually try to put into practice and say, you know what, I can say no to things. I can turn down things and it's all right. It's all right for me to say no, I don't want to partake. There's nothing wrong with that and with that we're going to have a little music break and when we come back for the second half of the show we'll talk about op-ed because I have a lot of things to talk about in op-ed today you've been listening to what would Kay say on Radio Free Brooklyn Heavenly breath, and now we're sharing our chest. That's why we're singing it back to you. For every battle you've won, for everything that you've done, and everything that you're gonna do. See too much of
Hey, welcome back to What Would Kay Say? And I'm your host, Kay Edwards. And right now, we're going to go into our op-ed segment. Oh, dropping everything. So now, there were so many things going on in the world this week. It's like the floodgates opened. But we're going to start at the top. Because we all know what's still pressing, regardless of what's going on in the world. COVID is the number one thing going on in the world. And although people want to act like it's gone, do you notice that they opened up the cities and people just want to act like, oh, okay, we're back to normal. We could just do whatever we want. COVID is still here. It's just, thank God, in New York, we don't see it the way we saw it before. But people, that disease is still here. Stop it. And speaking of that, President Trump now seems to have been launching a campaign against Dr. Fauci, trying to silence him. Because Dr. Fauci, being the man that he is, being the operative word doctor in front of his name, he knows what he's talking about when it comes to this pandemic. Now, I know when I say that, a lot of people are saying, oh, it's a hoax. Oh, it's all made up. Oh, it's just whatever you want to believe, whatever you want to believe. If you have a disease and you have a doctor, who's better to talk about the disease? The doctor or you or I? Seriously. If the doctor is saying, that we need to wear a mask in order to stop the spread of this COVID virus, then that's what we need to do. We need to wear a mask. I mean, what more do you need? It's gotten to the point where people are saying, oh, he said things that were wrong in the beginning. He didn't know what he was talking about. We could discredit him because we have it where he said this and it really didn't turn out to be that. And you know what? At the beginning of this pandemic, nobody knew what was what this was a disease that nobody knew what it was you had the president toting that it was coming from china it was the china 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 disease here in new york it wasn't the china disease it was the europe disease it was the europeans that brought it here to new york and cuomo said it right off the bat you closed down everything with china but you kept letting the europeans come in they're the ones that spread COVID here in new york city and now you even have the cdc confirming it whereas we knew it because God rest their souls. We have enough bodies to show that that's where it came from because the people did die. But I digress. So not only do you have him trying to silence Dr. Fauci, he wants to open up schools. You know, he rushed to have all the economy open, put people back out there and you see 40 something states all red. You only got maybe five states on our darn map that's not red that's blowing up with COVID right about now because everybody had to rush to get the economy back open, rush to let people sit down and drink a damn beer in a bar. Really? So now he's on this push for everybody needs to go back to school. Everybody needs to go back to school. No more homeschooling. I want the kids in school full force, no mask, no social distancing, no staggered days, no staggered hours, just throw all the kids in the school and teach them. Really? 
And the CDC had originally, now listen, this is the, this is so, I find this so funny. And maybe I'm the only one laughing about it. And maybe I'm laughing to keep from crying. Who knows? You have the CDC, right? The Center of Disease Control. Who is saying nothing. Throughout this whole pandemic, no matter what they tried to put out, the government has squashed it. They don't want to hear anything from the CDC, okay? The CDC put out guidelines of how you should reopen your schools, talking about how you have to lower the number of children in the same classroom, how you have to have them having on a mask, all this other kind of stuff. They told them, revamp it. We don't want, that's too, what did they say? What was the word? Oh my gosh, it was on the tip of my tongue just now. Whatever, it was too strict. Too strict, you can't open schools with that type of guidelines. Go back and revamp it. Okay, so that's like saying, you know what? I know you have a cut and I know you need stitches, but go back home and put a Band-Aid on it because that's going to stop it from bleeding. The Band-Aid will stop it from bleeding. And you know what? If the Band-Aid is not good enough, wrap it with some gauze on top of it. But we're not going to stitch it because stitching it, it's too strict. That's too strict to, to stitch it. You just go put a Band-Aid with some gauze around it and you'll be fine. Come on now. You're talking about kids' lives. You're talking about kids' lives. And yes, I understand parents. They, they're trying to understand what's going on with their child. They're trying to understand what's going on with their child. What are they going to do with them? But you can't just throw the kids in a school and say, okay, whatever happens, happens. You can't do that. So now moving on, my next topic that has been a hot mess in the news what is it with this upsurge of people attacking policemen? People are literally physically, not verbally. When I say physically attacking policemen, beating them up, fight, they're in hand-to-hand combat with a cop. And see, this is what I don't understand. This is where I get like what is going on. Number one, you know I'm fair across the board. It, whoever it is that's messing up, I'm calling you out. Be it cops, be it people. I don't care. If you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong. If you want to change what's going on in the police department, then become a police officer. Become that person that you want to see out there on the street. That's what you need to do. You can't change what's going on in the police department by beating up a police officer or attempting to beat up a police officer. And see, now here's the flip side of this coin. Anytime you had an officer shoot an individual and claim my life was threatened, my life felt threatened, how is it now here in New York City, these cops are getting their behinds beat and ain't nobody pull out a gun and shoot nobody. 
Now their life is being threatened. Once you physically touch a police officer, you've threatened his life, believe it or not, because you're not supposed to touch them. And now if you're touching them, throwing a fist, you're threatening his life justifiably if he pulled out his gun and shot you, but not one of them pulled out a gun. Then you've seen on the Brooklyn Bridge, this woman was beating cops over the head with her cane. Not one of them pulled out a gun and shot her either. So I'm confused. With this, my life feels threatened, I needed to shoot people, or my life felt threatened, I needed to pull my gun. How is it that those cops in other states, their life feel threatened, their lives feel threatened when they're doing routine stops and the people are sitting in the cars with their hands on their steering wheels but the cop comes over with a gun out because his life felt threatened but yet the police officer here in New York who was clearly on tape both of them on tape getting beat down never pulled his gun and when the guy let him go and ran off he didn't even chase him he went back to serving and helping the other police officer arrest the original guy of why he was even there in the first place. Are you kidding me? Okay. My thing with that is people stop beating up the police. There's other ways that you can show your, um, not wanting, not, um, feeling how, what word am I trying to say? They've got me so confused here. I'm like tongue tied. There are other ways to display your distrust, your dislike of the way that they handle situations other than beating them up. Become a part of the solution. Don't continue to perpetuate the problem. Join the force, change the mindset, change the way you see things are going that you don't like and then make a difference. So now we have the black lives, black lives matter murals that have been painted on the streets throughout New York city are being vandalized. You actually have people throwing paint on top of the word black because they feel that all lives matter and they don't want to see the black lives matter murals in the street. And this goes back to what I was talking about last week. People don't want their comfortable life disrupted. And to see that means that it's a trend towards my life being disrupted. Also in the news, silencers. Now, under former President Obama, silencers that were made here in the U.S. were banned from being sold outside of America because they were afraid that it would fall into the hands of terrorists. Right? Our present president lifted the ban he says that gun makers should be able to sell everything that they manufacture to whomever they feel so now you know 
there's been an uptick in silencers in international world. They're buying them like it's hotcakes. And also, the man that did the shooting off the out of the hotel in Las Vegas when he shot down on the people that was at the concert, he had a silencer on his gun as well. That's another reason why they had banned them. But now anybody can get one. You, If you have a license to get a firearm, you can now purchase a silencer because there's no ban on them anymore, right? Okay. So now... Now I have a story that's very, very disturbing. And this came on the news, actually, and I'm sure some of you probably saw this. But I'm not sure, but I want to mention it because I was, like, shocked when I heard it. There's a woman that lives in Valley Stream, Long Island. And she says she's being terrorized as she's living in her home. She's black and her neighbors are white. Now, her neighbors, a father and son duo, have been placing dead squirrels on her lawn, throwing feces over her fence, spitting on her lawn. And now, all this is caught on camera because the woman has cameras around her home. So, she says this has been going on for a while now. For years, well, like a year. And she posted a note. She has this on her front door. She has written out this, this note talking about how she's being harassed, how she's a single mom. It's just her and her daughter that live there. If anyone finds her dead, please look for her daughter. The whole, she writes this whole, this whole note as if to say, if something happens to me, go next door is their fault. So now, the cops say that they don't have any probable cause to arrest the father and son duo, right? But they have offered the woman protection and they want to set up a mediation between her and the, the neighbors. But now the woman did admit that when she first bought the home, she wasn't able to do, you know, keep up the lawn and everything to make it look manicured because she was pregnant and she's a uh, she's a registered nurse. So if she's pregnant, she can't push a lawnmower. So she said the house did, you know, it was looking kind of scrappy. But then after she had the child, she if you see the picture of the house now, manicured lawn, everything's neat. But she still says they harass her. So. My thing is, okay, they're harassing her. Is it because that her house was was messy or because she was black? Because if it was because the house was messy, the house is now cleaned. The house is now decent. The house, when they showed it on the news, it's properly maintained. It's gotten to the point where they, they are still harassing her that another black man, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> another black man said that he saw her trying to push the lawnmower across her lawn and he said she was never going to have to mow her lawn by herself again. He's going to come and keep her lawn mowed for her. And you should have seen the bikers, black bikers, a biker club, I guess out of Long Island, <clears throat> 
went to the woman's house, you should have you should have seen the show of support. I guess to let the neighbors know she might be a woman here by herself, but there are black men that are here to protect her. And now when I make a statement like that, I don't want anyone listening to feel that I'm trying to incite some difference between one or the other, right? What I'm stating is the facts. This is what was on the news. And this is what's happening. My thing is, if I'm talking about it on op-ed, that means it's already out there. Everyone's talking about it. So when I talk about it and I put my spin on it, yes, I'm going to put my spin on it from the side that I'm seeing it from. Because why is it? Okay, here's my question. Why is it that in residential neighborhoods, like with Aubrey running, jogging in his neighborhood, where's this father-son duo always come out of the woodwork? Who are these father-son duos that just have nothing else to do but harass black people? Now we have a father-son duo next door to the black woman and her daughter, and they're harassing her. Where are the women in these father-son duo's lives? That's what I want to know. Where are the women? Because how are these father-son duos just able to just do whatever they want? They Do they not have to go to work? Do they not have other things in their lives they could be doing? And don't tell me, oh, it was because covid COVID has them indoors. That's why they're doing what they do. That's not true. Because when Aubrey was shot, that was before COVID. So what was that father-son duo? What were they doing in the house? I, I don't understand the father-son duo. Can some, if somebody could just email me at what would K say at gmail.com, explain to me what this whole thing is with the father-son duo that you got to tag team and be like, oh, we, we're the vigilante group against all black. I, I, don't, I don't get it. I don't get it, but that's what's going on with her. And I want to say when it comes to things of racism and for everyone that's toting, you know what, if we're all Christians, we all just need to get along and love one another. I get it but it's not going to happen that way. So I'm just putting it out there right now. That's not the way it's going to happen. Because if you profess to be a Christian, but when you see black lives matter, you want to say all lives matter or blue lives matter. Or when you profess to be a Christian and you want to say, I don't see color we're all the same in God's eyes. When you profess to be a Christian and you say there's no racism in the world, slavery happened, but it's over and they're doing much better today than they were before, there's a problem. 
Because you can say you're a Christian, but are you really saying that Jesus Christ is your personal savior? That he's the one that orders your steps and directs your path? Because if he's the one that you're saying that you're following, all those statements that I just said, he would look at you like, now stop it. Because number one, I had pointed out to you in the Bible, yes, there was racism in the Bible. The Jews could not stand the Samaritans. They could not, when I say could not stand them, they looked at them as being less than dogs. But yet, Jesus took the time to talk to that Samaritan woman, that woman at the well, even requested that she draw him water because he wanted to get her attention. He wanted to talk to her because he needed to spread the gospel to her. He needed and he knew that he was there to spread the good news to everyone. Now, yes, when the woman came and was begging him to, um, for the, uh, was begging him for, for her daughter, I believe it was. I think it was his daughter, her daughter. And he was like, woman, don't you know I was sent here for the Jews? And she said, but even the dogs eat the crumbs off the master's table. And that made him turn to her. Yes, when he made that statement, you know I've been sent here for the Jews. But he still knew. He knew the dynamic between the Samaritans and the Jews. Yet him being a Jew... He still went and talked to her. So when you say that you're following in his footsteps or you're following what his mandate was and he orders your path, he orders your footsteps, he lights your path, everything you're doing is in love because it's in Jesus' name, you would want to go back and read that book again. You really would want to go back and read the book again. And that's why the words that God says is so crucial. If my people who are called by my name turn from their wicked ways, right? Who is his people that he's talking about? Think about it. Are you part of that his people? Because if you think you're part of that his people, but yet everything I said about you not seeing color, you not all lives matter, blue lives matter, then when you're praying on your knees, do you really think he's hearing you? Do you really think he's hearing you? Think about it. That's op-ed for this week. So, we are in, what, this is the third week in July. We know that our word is freedom. And I trust that everyone has been still doing their uh, work that they need to do for their, uh, to fulfill their purpose, right? Because we're still on that, we're still on that journey. We're still on that, that's still where we're marching towards to get to our journey of fulfilling our life. So our word is freedom. And 
I need to give us a promise for this week because I didn't give us a promise for last week. So our promise for this week is Micah 7, 8. When I sit in darkness, the Lord shall be a light unto me. How sweet. So I'd like to say thank you for tuning in. You've been listening to What Would Kay Say? I want you to be a blessing to one another. Be kind to one another. Be good to one another. Wear your mask when you go out, people. Stay protected. COVID is still real. COVID is still real. And until we meet again, God's willing, peace.
honest with you. I admit it was hard to see. It was hard. Being in love with someone like me. dedicated to people like me those that struggle with insecurities acceptance and even self-esteem you never felt good enough you never felt pretty enough but imagine God whispering in your ear letting you know that everything that has happened is now Get home and get behind closed doors, man, she hit the 